even the English was, you know, like a hard struggle. Yeah. In this. You know, he did, he did yeah. it so well. I almost cannot believe his acting. You know, like <laughs> I know. this is the Two African Girls Review Podcast, where we review black and brown film, TV, and more. Hi guys, so welcome back. This is episode 5 review for Country Queen. This is a Kenyan show on Netflix and we've been reviewing episode by episode. So if you've not listened to the earlier episodes that we did, go wherever you're listening to this and find that. So we have a guest today. A very special guest. Yeah, and she's going to introduce herself. Hi everyone, I'm Oprah Yugi. I am one of the writers on Country Queen. As you can tell, we're so excited to have you on the show and we're just going to get into it. Akisa and Ivy, they're coming into work together. And Ivy suspects that Jay, who is Akisa's assistant, Archie, is into you come you come shady business. Shady business. Yes, that name. <laughs> That's a, a good name. name. <laughs> But yes. it's so funny too. How did Ivy know her full name? Yeah, how did Ivy know I her full Ivy name? I think Ivy is just a digger. One thing we always felt about Ivy is she will know. I don't know if, oh, maybe I might be jumping ahead. <laughs> but, you know, the way she let herself into Akisa's apartment. And Akisa is not really sure if she did it using her yeah. spare key or, you know, like... When she needs to know something, she will know. And and I mean, she has connections. Her dad is the governor. So, hey, she will get the information when she needs it. Okay. Yeah, because we did have a theory. Yes, we did. Because we just did, um in the episode four review, that we did have a theory that probably Ivy stole the key to Akisa's place. Yeah, that's place. a bit odd. Because when Akisa asked her, she was not even sure how to answer it. <laughs> yes. Then we found out she has an issue with getting things that yeah. are not hers. When Ivy expresses her concerns mm-hmm. about, you know, Yukabeth being shady, Jay, mm-hmm. the assistant. So she says, you know, call her and do a mock. But also, you know what I think? I don't think that's the first time Ivy has come to the office. That okay. means she kind of knows what Jay does. Okay. Because for her to kind of suggest that maybe it's your assistant that is, I don't know, sabotaging you. Makes sense. Shady people know shady people. <laughs> but her father said it. She said, I'm raising a politician. So then they confront her. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, the IG live. Ivy's talking. She said some words, I think in yeah. And then she said, I don't speak Hudra. Yeah. yeah. That, that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite scenes. Nyokafi is amazing. So Nyokafi plays Ivy. Um, Vera Tsango plays Jay. And the two of them are just brilliant. So the banter that happens, oh, it, it's one of my favorite scenes, to be honest. And it was so funny. It, like, it felt so real. Like, that was what I would be getting every time I, I log into Instagram. I would be there for that sort of drama, <laughs> that mess, you know? <laughs> there was, it's a, is it a montage? They were showing, you know, like different plots of land being sold. Mm-hmm. And it was so sad because that means all of those people were selling their land and moving yeah. away. And you know where they end up in the city. Yeah. And I don't think it's ever better in the city. No. Because no. then they end up in the in the slums. You can't really plant anything. You can't return. Yeah. And one of the most heartbreaking things about selling ancestral land, I think, um, so my ethnic background is very big on funerals. Like for us, funerals are a whole event. You, you know what I mean? And I think I found it really heartbreaking because I, I didn't grow up in Nairobi. And um, I grew up in a small town in Eldoret, which, you know, of course, we, we have slums and that sort of thing, but they're not that you know, big or whatever. So many people are buried at home. You know, you're buried at your ancestral home. And I think one of the most heartbreaking things I came, you know, I came to find out is there's so many people who they don't have home. You have no land anywhere else. So you die in the city, you're buried in the city cemetery. And the unfortunate thing about the city cemetery is it's overpopulated to the point that people are being buried on top of one another. You know, it's just... Uh, for me, that really breaks my heart. Yeah, that is true. If anything happens, mm-hmm. where do they return? Nowhere. Nowhere. And even if they were to return, because remember, they're going to dig up the land. So, like, there's really nothing to return to. It's a strange thing to, like, to grasp. Because in my head, I know there's a place I come from. I have my grandparents there. I have my family there. But... What if it was sold? Then we don't have anywhere. Yeah, you don't have anywhere to go. 
Let me tell you, this this mister, his name was Ki, Ki, Kitili. Ki, stop pronouncing it like a white person. <laughs> <laughs> he was on a truck, right? And Chalo is like, you, you're also going? He, and this man throws shade. He has time to throw shade. He said, what do you think you can teach me? Get a wife first. Oh my god. No. <laughs> but it was so funny to hear him say that. It's like, sir, maybe cuz I feel like See that I told you there's a reason why those people don't really listen to Chalo because he doesn't have a wife and to them that means he's not a man really. Like your opinion does not weigh yeah, much. Like first do the things that make a person yeah. a man. Like what do you know? What do you know? But it's so sad because in this moment, I feel like Chalo was actually speaking sense. When has he ever not okay. spoken sense? Yeah. His father doesn't speak sense sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know something that's so sad about even that thing of uh, people moving, that montage of people having to leave and move, is that the place that, where we shot the show kind of had something similar oh. going on. I mean... um. The mine location, I think because there it's sand mining that happens. Mm. You see, like, I think even the where we shot the mine, it's like a, an abandoned sand mine or something. But um, something that was so sad, you see where they buried Mualimu. So they had come and scouted the place about like maybe three or four days before. Three or four days before shooting, you know, came, saw the place like, ah, this is the perfect place for, you know, Mualimu's... Um, grave did the recce and whatever can you imagine on the day we went to shoot half of that land had already been dug up like for the sun and i mean you've seen how beautiful that place is like there was already sections that had started mining the sun like and, and not just a small chunk a huge chunk to the point that it was going to be a problem because the place that identified was already part of yeah it was quite sad yeah, the lucky thing is the owner of the homestead, Mualimu's home, we were on his side. So his side was not dug up. So that's what we worked with. But the other half, if we, if the camera was to shoot the other direction, it had already been dug up. Oh, no. Not filming process being interrupted by yeah, real life mining. In regards to people moving, I don't think we've, we've really dug enough to know if people are actually abandoning their homes and moving but yes people are selling their land for sand mining or leasing it for sand mining this is so sad i'm wondering do they pay them the value because if a family is going to relocate to the city they need the money to help them start because it seemed what um charlo's father was paying the people was not even enough for them he was promising to pay he didn't really pay yeah. them we see Titus and Musa, they go to the city. Yeah. They just happen to show up at Akisa's office, which was so funny. But that part, I feel it was really done well, especially where yeah, Musa, where... where he was like, these trays we used to, you know. <laughs> like, I can imagine Alanko actually really saying that. Yeah, East yeah. African village chic. <laughs> because, like, the adults, they just don't get it. The design, you know, like, yeah. wanting to incorporate some of those things in, in style. Yeah. Also, their fashion, <laughs> like the oversized suits. Oh yeah, that wardrobe <laughs> is actually very accurate. Yeah, the oversized suit, that necktie is like uh, even the patterned coat. I feel like every uncle or every man, especially the older generation, the older generation, they yeah. do have a suit, and usually that's like their best suit. Yeah. And if it could be one daily, they would. So wear the wardrobe it. was yeah mm, on point. It was on point. That whole scene was really on point. And then they come in and they tell her, your mom, she's in trouble. Mm -hmm. You need to go check up on her, convince her that it's not safe for her there. And I'm thinking, so you have to come all this way. Like, if she's actually in danger, they could... But she was not. Remember they were fear-mongering? They're on their agenda. Yeah. They want to get her off the land. The so mom was not picking up. She wanted to call Chalo. Then she realized she doesn't have Chalo's number. Okay. So then she went. What was Chalo supposed to do? I guess check up on, oh, check on the not mom. Not again. Hannah has issues with that. <laughs> Imagine if actually she had called Chalo. I feel like he would still go and... Yeah, because <laughs> that's his nature. Yeah, that's... But again, like Anna said, you're nice. People take advantage of that. Calm yeah. down. But look, I have an issue. Do not trust Ivy. Ivy being left to manage business right after Mukabeth leaves. I don't know. 
Because you know when Ivy was talking to in episode four, when Ivy talked to her dad, see, she's conniving. She was able to get what she wanted and then sell her friendship with Akisa to her father. My question is, what will happen when the father wants to get that favor back? I don't know. And Akisa is not aware that they made this deal. That's why I don't trust Ivy. It looks like she's doing a favor to a friend. Ivy is an interesting character. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit afraid. If Ivy was able to call Jay, you, you Yuka Beth, a hood rat, what does she think of Akisa then? What do you think? Yeah, actually, when you were writing, did you want it to be obvious that they're from different classes? Yes, you can't write a show like this and not pay attention to class, to social class. And um, I think uh, if you even look at how Vera mm. played Jay, you like she played it um, as a social climber, you know, even just her accent. Like it's such a slight change in her yeah. accent. It's very, you can tell she's a yes. climber, you know, it's the words, you know, people were trying to wang, you know, but it's not coming because you're from the village. Just accept, just accept. <laughs> Your roots, you know. Um, so I think uh, all the social class was obviously it is a big deal for us in the writers' room. So I guess by extension, it would be a big deal in the writing. That makes so much sense because later on, when she went to um, Mrs. Sibala's office, yeah, and she came ready. She came with ammunition. She was ready to say, you know, I can help you out. <laughs> But except Vivian oh, didn't was, give her a chance. That was so painful. Yeah. Like, they didn't even look at her. Vivian Ouch. didn't give her a chance. But I feel like she was really going to play her cards so well. She was. Oh, my God. Ignore the girl, yo. <laughs> yeah. You even called her little girl. Like, the accent. I did not know it was intentional. And at the same time, we wrote it with that sort of person in mind. Okay, it makes so it much makes sense, sense now. Because <laughs> so then I was like, are they intentional? Are they trying to let us know something about Jay? Because mm. that sounds like when you're trying to do an accent, but it's not quite agreeing yet. It's not coming With out. your tongue. Yeah. So like sometimes you sleep up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Vera did a very good job of doing it in such a way that she did actually have an accent. So it was good. Acting is hard, yo. Okay, so our question is, sometimes when you're writing, that topics are really heavy. I don't know. Some of them are a bit triggering, to be honest. How do you cope with that? Oof. Um, yeah, actually, the, the worst part or the best part is when you feel um, triggered, that's when you know you've got it. Uh, it's, 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 wow. um, I wrote the funeral not the funeral you know the wake mm-hmm. i wrote the wake scene mm-hmm. okay yeah. like i shared with you guys so my i'm, I'm luo by ethnicity and for luo's funerals are huge we have a lot of wailing we have a lot of crying we have a lot of i don't like it's just it's usually so heavy i even hate going to our own funerals because i like i just know if i go there i'm not going to leave without being sad and to write that scene, I like I had like I just found myself just back at a at a funeral and it was so heartbreaking. I was I literally cried while I was writing, but then I was like, okay, that's how I know we got it, you know. There are some moments that are quite triggering. Um for Akisa's Akisa and the mom, I think actually interestingly enough. I, I don't know about the other writers, but for me, I think I'm just seeing what you guys are saying now that I've, I've watched it. I think also there's a lot more that's not said that comes across on screen just because of how amazing uh, Melissa plays Akisa and Mumbi plays, um, you know, Esther. I think there's also just they add on to it in an amazing way. Even I didn't, I don't think I felt that much of the strain in their relationship. I mean, of course we knew it, but I think I felt it more watching it on screen than I did reading it in paper. But we have had a lot of discussions about their relationship and just how painful it is. I've never had a strained relationship with my mom, so I can't really identify with that. But seeing it on screen, the way the actors played it out, just added another layer to it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was very insightful. Yeah. So we move on to the Mandarin scene. Oh, that part was really, it was surprising. I never aspired it. 
and the actress she bodied it i know i don't even know how to explain it i did not expect that 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 threw me like i was like wait what no (laughs) it sounds like mandarin to me i have a friend who's she speaks so many languages but um immediately that scene played out she called me like yo she speaks oh my gosh she's so good nini did a fantastic job i mean vivian there's a reason why people love vivian she nails it she was having a conversation in mandarin that was so effortlessly oh it must have been hard she had practiced a lot of hours yeah they had because i think even mandarin you know there's the way women speak it and men speak it and it's a bit different for the genders funny enough um someone recorded the scene audio recorded it Mm -hmm. and she had to listen over and over until Mm. you know she got it Ah, dedication yeah yo it's a job it's a job it's work that is one of my favorite scenes in this episode and then kingsley was like huh what's going (laughs) on so yeah let's talk about the purpose of that part she didn't want kingsley to know the deals she was making Mm -hmm. which was such a smart move because then he was like yeah i'm just gonna leave you (laughs) (laughs) so we cut to Shallow. Yeah, he's at his place. He's cooking. If they see him, yeah. Do you know Shallow already has gets a lot of slack for not being the man. Now imagine if they find him cooking in his house. But it's like it's your house. But it's like no, you're not supposed to cook. Get a woman. And then Anna comes around because remember we left off when she was pissed at him for not attending the uh, picnic. Rightfully so. Yeah. She comes around and she's like, she's proud of him. Even if she's still pissed at him because she sees the stories on the front pages of the newspapers. Very supportive, actually. She went ahead and recorded. Yes. A video for him. So that was really sweet that she's still supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Even when he messed up, do you think she's too forgiving? Do you know what? In her head, Chalo is not, is a good person. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for when insecurity comes from outside. Like, you don't have the insecurity and then people kind of imprint it on you. And you're like, I, you know, yeah, I think there's there's definitely an aspect of she probably wouldn't have a problem, even if, okay, this was the ex. Like, it wouldn't be a problem. But just because everybody keeps bringing it up, my gosh! Like, when you order this, get you see them inside the bushes. What you know? Like, it's just those annoying <laughs> aunties, Zipporah man. Yeah, they put things in Anna's head. Ooh, community organizing. We have Chalo and Grace, and they're trying to like organize the community at the father's pub. Mm-hmm. That was actually really nice. It's always refreshing to see like community organizing. I mean, I wish we did it more often, to be honest, as Kenyans, Africans, you know, we really need to stand up. And- yeah. But I feel like even the exploiting companies like Ecorock, they depend, no, not depend, they are betting on their not being community organization. Right? Yeah. It goes both ways because they also do a lot to silence voices. You know, they hire goons to to come and beat you Mm. up they make sure there's police presence they definitely thrive off that we have max taking a trip to silanga i don't know he's still trying to fit himself into ikorok officially so it's like he's running these errands i don't think vivian knew he was there she didn't really like send him explicitly to go to ikorok yeah he was just taking himself there but it's also obvious vivian is never going to give him an official position do you know i think he realizes that's why we see him later making that deal with akisa because at first i was like max really why do you keep trying vivian doesn't care i think that's why he makes a deal with akisa later on yeah, anyway, we see him meeting Eric and he also meets Silas. Silas was so enthusiastic about meeting him. He even put out his hand. Hey. <laughs> they did they did him uh what Vivian did to Yukabel? Yeah, Max just side-eyed him. <laughs> that is so sad, you know? Like again, the actors just bring so much, you know what. It's always so so satisfying when good writing is complemented with good acting. Yes. You know? Silas is played by Robert Agengo, ah, who is so a character. fantastic actor. Fantastic actor. I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my favorites because one of the interesting things he does is he elevates, like every, I think he always 
adds something to his lines oh. and it's always so refreshing to see you know even that time he switched to english and I, he did the same thing vera did with jay mm. you know even the english was you know aka had struggle yeah. in, you know, and he, he yeah. did it so well. whoever played silas yeah he, like he went great. into his character i almost cannot believe his acting you know like <laughs> i know yeah. the mannerisms it's the little things that he was doing the part where he stands mm. up straight and then composes uh, himself, puts out his hand, and then he even uses, like, he gives himself titles. I don't know. He has titles, official titles. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a field something. I'm like, damn. Okay, Silas. <laughs> He's trying to give a good impression. Meanwhile, Max is like, okay. Whatever. <laughs> Blessing also played that back really well. Like, that look was <laughs> enough. Like, what the fuck? It, it really played out nicely in that whole scene that's when the people start protesting remember and also joe but also joe how did he reach silanga anyway a bus okay yeah i know he did reach but it was so random how he happened to be in silanga on that exact day don't you think huh i wonder why joe comes over and then for some reason he witnesses the silanga people coming to protest against echo rock and they're asking for their land back and then he starts to take pictures and then you know that that part was so funny because it was max who threw the first punches right yeah but it's so funny because when he was making his report at the police post he was saying that the silanga people are the ones who started the fight so in a way he's protecting his own interests really he is he's trying to get that doctor's appointment back he's trying to get in vivian's good books Mm -hmm. so then he he dis he does what he has to do he cooks the information yeah and charlo says you're going to believe him a stranger over me and nema is like yeah while the community members march towards the mine Mm -hmm. um it's tony who calls the police yeah that is so true tony calls i have a problem with tony no, I think really? Tony is a young Tony? man. He's trying to find himself. No, he doesn't Tony... know what he stands for yet. just yet. Okay. He's not like his brother. His brother has been on, you know, in the world for some time. He knows what he stands for. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Because you can see Tony, he calls, I don't know, he starts organizing the kids so that they are not in the direct line of the conflict. Mm. So he does have a little heart. Can I just say, this is why I really love your podcast, or like what I've listened to so far. You guys have really, you've really tapped into the show and I think thought about the characters, I guess maybe to the, just very close to how we as the writers have been thinking. So kudos, oh. you guys have really, yeah. So that's a very good analysis of Tony. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, look at you, Kira. I'm blushing. <laughs> Thank you. Max and Chalo meet. And they don't know that they have Akisa in common. Like, yeah. <laughs> so they have a confrontation in the prison. but Not also, in the prison. They have a confrontation. The confrontation is actually what starts the whole... Punches. That's why I was asking. Did they know each other? Because if they knew each other, maybe then that fight would kind of make sense. It's because of what... Max said to who hits it's, it's Max, Max who, who hit first. Yeah, Max, Max hits who the first punch. Max was being obnoxious, mm-hmm. you know, with like his whole city. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because he's a man or his whole city nonsense. You know, like when they say people from the city are yeah. annoying. He was like, "Oh, give me my phone," and she was like, "Or what?" <laughs> that was really nice. That <laughs> delivery was really good. Really yeah, shout out to Nungo Marianne. She's an amazing actress. I think she embodied the authoritative air. You can feel it in the way she walks. But also there, there's this thing that they have. It's yes. almost like an indifference. Like they don't really care who you are. Yeah, they have like uh, an arrogance. Yeah, like you could feel yes. it yes. in her. Cause I think they needed. You know, like, how else will people be submissive? It's just a way to dominate you, mm. you know? And otherwise, how would they do their jobs, you know? Hey, African police, me, I don't know anybody's not scared of police. Because me, I see police, I if I can turn around and go back, I will. <laughs> Yo. It's so scary. I'm scared of police, man. Yeah. Which is so funny because their role is supposed to be to protect you. But you know, when you see them, it's like your anxiety shoots up. Yo. You know what? Actress did a good job in like portraying the nuances. She has an authoritative yeah. air. Remember at the beginning episodes, episode one, two, when she's at Akisa's home? Mm-hmm. 
and Malimu yeah. is dead. When she enters the house, her demeanor, the, you can she see the changes. She was being very respectful, like, yeah. of an yeah. elder, community elder, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's also the duality cops have to live with because also remember who's picking up bodies in the street and going to actually mm-hmm. tell families, you know, you lo- you know, someone died, you know, who's um, receiving people who've gone through rape mm-hmm. and assaults and robberies and who's actually having to play, I guess, psychology. It's not like they do a great job or even mm-hmm. a good job, but like they do have to have a capacity for empathy. I, I see that duality with cops so many times and I feel like they're never really appreciated for for it. You're right, Nungo played it perfectly. I loved the way she went and like unclasped his gold chain. Like, ah, yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and then she's playing with it. And that's like, ah, okay. I thought she was going to pocket it. <laughs> but then later on, we yeah. saw Max with a chain. Like when he was released, he had the chain. In my mind, I was thinking, damn, this police is good. Because if it's a gold chain, a legit gold chain, chances are you won't see it again. Mm-hmm. Why would he be wearing not a legit gold chain? Because Vivian does not give him money. <laughs> so he buys out of it? Yeah, at this point, I'm seeing Max is struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So where the part where Akisa reaches home, yeah, she sees blood on the door. I was so scared, man. Yeah, I really thought somebody had died and then the door was open also. Mm-hmm. Did you see how she threw the panda? <laughs> to though? the ground, she's like, I can protect myself. And the way she threw it, I became scared. I was like, okay, no. Esther. <laughs> they went inside and they saw the head of the god. It's probably the brothers who even did this. Yeah. But these uncles... <laughs> That's some of the most accurate depiction of uncles. They are perfect. Like again, shout out to the actors. Titus is played by Eddie Kimani, and Musa is played by Joel Lotuko. These are OG Kenyan actors. They have been in the industry since back then, killing it till now. You know, like ah, they are fantastic. In almost all the episodes, we keep on mentioning how annoying they are. Like. <laughs> We play the role so well. Yeah. Set design for Akisa's home. Yeah, you know the doilies on the chair? Yeah. It feels so familiar. It feels real. Ah, the kids. So, you know, because now the kids don't have work. Yeah, because of the protests that happened at mm-hmm. the mine. They're now, you know, they're free. And they end up near Professor's house. Yeah. Or It's like Professor has taken them on, you know. Pretty much. Because they hang out yeah. there, it seems at a lot. Place, they listen to his stories. He feeds them. And this is the part where they talk about Marxism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, oh Netflix let this pass. <laughs> There's comrades in the writing room. <laughs> but I'm wondering, did the kids get it? I don't know if the kids got it, but you know, my interpretation was mm-hmm. he was explaining to them, right? Mm-hmm. That was like theory. And then the kids were like... They understood it because they were living it. Yes, but then I think the yeah. part which was well communicated to me, mm-hmm. I liked that when he explained that, then the kids were like, our material condition is not changing you're telling us all this theory. Mm-hmm. We're hungry. Mm. When he offered the rabbit, like, guys, I caught a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Let's all chip in and share it and mm-hmm. eat it. Mm-hmm. That's when I saw, oh, this is like a practical version of what he just told Explain. them. Explain. Okay. That's how I understood yeah. it. And again, Oliver Litondo, the actor, brilliant actor. I don't know if you guys have ever watched The First Grader. No, oh. we have not. A really beautiful film. And he, again, one of the OG Kenyan actors. Like, I'm, I'm actually, actually I'm curious. What do you think of him? Like, just facts about his life. I'm just curious. Because I feel like there's some things that we try to seep in, mm-hmm. but I don't think they come mm-hmm. across. We talk about him in episode two. And we got the impression that he must have been, because his name is Professor, so he must have been like in a teaching capacity of some sort. And um, mm-hmm. it's like in the community, he's now regarded as almost like a crazy person. Um, I think he struggles with mental illness. Yes. 
But the thing is, when he is speaking, he makes a lot of valid points. There's maybe little understanding of it, where he's from, a lot of places where we come from. There's little understanding of it. Mm -hmm. So people just dismiss everything he says. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty spot on. Like, that's pretty spot on. But I think, um, who do you think he's related to in Country Queen? He's related to To somebody. Do you think he's related to, I don't know, Esther seems very comfortable around professor in fact it's so odd we never hear what esther really thinks or what her feelings are but but when she came we did she was speaking to professor when she brought him pilau then she was telling him i'm feeling uncertain about you know what to do with the body of my husband who's gone and i was like oh she's talking like she comes here often to talk to him so i did not know he was related to anyone no i love I love that you guys are dis- dissecting this character. I love it. Like, love it. I yeah. I'm now <laughs> curious. Who is he related, is he related to? to? Ah, I'm going I'm to have to go back. And <laughs> yeah, that's backstory. That's back, back, backstory. <laughs> Then we see Akisa going to the police post to report that Godhead. Yeah, she's, I think, concerned about the safety of her of mother. Her mother. But I also feel like she knows it's the uncles. Like, it's obvious it's the uncles. What do you do in a situation like that? Even Nema said, I can't really do anything mm-hmm. about it now because there's no evidence that they did that. But also, who sends a god head? Why are you just sending a head? Because it gives, like, witchcraft vibes. Yeah, it does. This is where you see that policing a community that you belong to is a bit hard. Because she knows everyone. She probably knows who did it. They're like acquaintances. Yeah. Some are friends. What is she going to do about that? She doesn't want to offend. And she's like a younger woman. I feel like it would be much easier if it's an older person. There's a way they give you some sort of respect when you're older. Yeah. Like, imagine if Chalo was the police. <laughs> Officer? Yeah. They'll say, what do you know? You're not married. No, you know, they can't. There's, I don't know. There's something the badge does. Right. So Akisa finds Max and Chalo. She finds them in jail. I think Akisa notices Max's voice. And then Chalo is like, you know this man? Everybody's like, how do you know each other? That part <laughs> That's was actually a bit weird. It must have been confusing for her. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Break time. What was your favorite scene? The live scene with Ivy calling out Yukabeth. That was hilarious. Favorite scene and sound for me was the same thing. And it is the scene where the community bails Chalo out of prison. You can see they are so happy. You know, they are celebrating together. That was really beautiful to watch. What was your favorite sound? Zippy's entire line. I can't really do it, so I'll insert it here. What was your favorite line? The entire Mandarin monologue by Viviane. Viviane is a badass. The actress is a badass. Where Professor is explaining capitalism to the children and using practical examples to make them understand the system. But I'm torn between that and also the part where Akisa's mom says, find a man, settle down, have kids. And Akisa says, I don't think I'd be a good mom. Mm. That line was really, it hit. At this point in the conversation, lightning hit and we had a power outage. So we're continuing this part of the conversation without Oprah. And it will just be us finishing the episode. We left off Akisa going to the police post to report the issues of her mother. Now, this is when Akisa sees that Charlo and Max are sitting in a cell together. And she's confused. And I understand that is so weird. Like your city boyfriend your village boyfriend, and then you find them in one place. But I don't think at that point they knew that Akisa knew both of them. No, they did not. They all want to seem like nonchalant. (laughs) But then it gets to Charlo and he's like, how do you know her? The way Max responds to Charlo, he has the city boy cockiness. You can tell Max wants Charlo to know that I know this girl. So then Akisa decides to post bail. No, actually, Max is released first Mm -hmm. because Eric from the mine, the overseer, he comes to bail him out. So Chalo is left inside by himself and Akisa decides to bail him. This man says no because I think now he's learned of the connection between Max and her. And I think in his mind he was thinking she probably works with these people. Yeah, like that's Ikorok money mm-hmm. that she's using to bail me out. I mean, he's not wrong because Ikorok was Akisa's client at some point, right? 
I love the next part because then it's a community which comes and bails him out. Yeah, that part was really beautiful. I loved it. We cut to Zippy. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep saying Zippy? Zippora had an accident. That's what Anna calls her. But are you Anna? Okay. <laughs> Akisa is really... I like that she went and called Zippy out on her bullshit. And then she cuts her leg with the pad and I'm like... Like, Akisa could have left her. Well deserved. <laughs> Akisa could have left her, but she decided to take her to the hospital. And even then, you could see that Zippy is not buying it. Like, yeah. she's, she's stuck in her ways. I think Akisa wanted to use this opportunity for them to, act, you know, like, mend. Mm-hmm. Because she's an, she's an auntie, right? She becomes an auntie. Yeah, in that case, yeah. The most natural thing you would expect from Zippy after a situation like this is for her to be understanding. Everything Akisa says in the car passes over <laughs> Zippy's head just from her eyes. Yeah, the She's way very she looked, shady. The way she looked at her while she was like, getting out of the car, that was so weird. Did she even get anything at all? So Zippora goes into the hospital and she's attended to by Anna. Yeah. And Zippora continues her bullshit. Yeah. Because then she starts feeding Anna doubts. Again, yeah. You know, there's always this debate that it's the women who trap the men with children. But yeah. then there's also this the opposite of that. When women think it's the men who trap the women with children. You know, I don't think they say it like that. Mm-hmm. Do they say it like the man is trapping her with a child? No, they say they've humbled her. The idea or the motive behind it. Mm-hmm. For example, I think Anna has like a good image in the community. She's the health officer. Mm-hmm. She has some authority level in the health center mm-hmm. she works at. Because mm-hmm. people report to her. You can see it. Like, people respect her. She has a good image. Mm-hmm. So for her to have a child with Charlo will be more like a natural progression of things. Like it's expected of the two of them. Yeah. Their relationship is public. I mean, everybody knows Anna is Charlo's girl. Mm-hmm. If it's Akisa, though... People think Akisa is a worldly girl. But that's because they do not know what took her away from home. The rumors are there. And those who know of the pregnancy rumors, if she got pregnant, it will be more like, yeah, it's probably time for her to slow down. Who to slow down? Akisa. You know how people sometimes weaponize pregnancy? Like, it's teaching them a lesson. Like, Yeah. What's that in English? I don't know. Try moving mad with a child now. Yeah, actually, yes. Right. Yeah, That's because they're like, she moves mad as a girl. Mm. Nobody be saying that to boys, really. Boys are expected to move mad anyway. Yeah. Sometimes when Grace speaks about Charlo with Anna, there's something that Silas said. He made it seem like Anna is doing you a favor by being with you. He said that to the brother, mm-hmm. Tony. And then Grace also says it. Of course, Grace is like a friend and she makes like these little jabs at him. Uh-huh. Or, you know, she throws shade. Uh-huh. It gives the impression that people are like, damn, Chalo is so lucky that Anna is with him. Mm-hmm. Like she could be with, with anybody else. I guess then it makes sense why Chalo's father, remember during the, the fight that they had, mm-hmm. he said, you might as well wear a dress because it seems you are the woman in this relationship. It's a common theme because they keep going for his beard. And then when he gave his father money, he said, that's pocket money from your girlfriend. And he's like with one of the coolest girls in the community. So basically they think she doesn't, he doesn't deserve her. They probably wonder why the hell she's with him. But why is she with him? (laughs) I'm Tim Chalo. (laughs) You're going to have to fight me. I'm not asking out of hate of Chalo. I'm just asking like, what is their story? How did they get to be together? Because like, I'm genuinely curious about their story. He's empathic. He has a good heart. He likes to help people. He's concerned about the community. What else? That just makes him hot. You want me to carry on? Yeah, okay. I can see your hot point. Hot points. He has see. a good beard. Did you see the part where he had his shirt off when mm. Akisa went? I'm sorry, the man, fine. He's fine. He's like activist day. You know what? I was going to say he's not vain like Max, but Max... Is Max vain? I think, yeah, that's not correct. Max is not... Max is cocky. Max flexes. He knows he's attached to one of the wealthiest women, and that means he's attached to money. He can be nice, too. Ah, man, it's a a bit of a challenge. I, I don't know. Something about Charlo does it for me. Okay. Yeah. Max is handsome, yes. He has the looks, he has swagger, he has... 
Pachalo. <laughs> anyway, so we are shown Max, Eric, and Titus and Musa surveying the land where Akisa's homestead is situated. Yeah, Malimu's home. Yeah. I'm wondering at that part, there's a way Max asks a question. Like, who owns this land? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're going to need it for the project to commence. Mm-hmm. And they say that, oh, he died last week. And there's a way he looks. And I'm thinking, is that when he connects the dots and realizes this could be Akisa's home? Yeah. For me, I was thinking, oh, is he maybe thinking, oh, these guys are kind of ruthless because he knows that those are the brothers and they're selling his land like before his body's even cold. But, you know, thinking about it, it's probably what you say. I don't think Max has that level or circumstances have made him unable to tap into that Mm -hmm. empathic side of him. Mm -hmm. I think he's always thinking, how best can I benefit from this? Because then he told them to continue and that Eric will sort them out. And then he decides to go to the home, which makes me believe that he kind of knew where he was going. Okay. Because even when he enters the house, there's a way he looks at, you know, when you... Like, ah. This is where she comes from. That's ah. the impression he gave. Yeah. Because he, he was looking at the photos and you could see him smiling. And he was being extra polite. Very polite. One thing I will say, he knows how to change face. Like, he I, can be a thug in one moment. And then the next moment, he's like the sweetest guy. Yes. And I think this is what makes him and Akisa so similar. Where I feel like they've had to change who they are depending on the spaces they're in. Because mm. when he's at Mama Akinis, mm. he's a very different person. Mm. When he's with Akisa, he's a different person. When he was with Chalo in the cell, like super cocky. Remember also the part where he's asked for water? Yes. And then they said it's rainwater. Oh, and then shit. he said, it's yeah. okay, I can drink that. He's probably saying he's okay with drinking rainwater because. If it was a classed posh, they would be like, oh, rainwater, what? And then when he came into this household, the way he was moving and mm. his demeanor. And you can only be good at that if you've been put in situations where you have to like adapt, just like you've said. For sure. They've had to, to fight for where they are, mm. which is what makes him different from Chalo. Chalo is very unafraid to be himself. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing holds him back. Mm-hmm. You notice? Mm-hmm. Unlike Akisa and Max, who have, I don't know, circumstances have made them need to change mm-hmm. according to environment, mm-hmm. Chalo does not. He's the same with Anna. He's the same with his father. He's the same with Akisa. Mm-hmm. He's the same with Max. Mm. He's the same. He doesn't, there's no pretense with him. You know what you're getting. With him, that is so true. That is actually really true. Yeah. Like, we've not seen him. Hmm, interesting. You know, like, the dualism that Akisa has in the yeah. city and then in... in um, Same as Max. In the village. Do you think it's because of the hand that they are dealt then? Perhaps. Because, remember, we were discussing that Chalo got to move on from, like, he doesn't know there's a child involved. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't know any of that. So, he had the opportunity to live his life fully. Mm-hmm. Without any of these obstacles. Meanwhile, Akisa has to like grapple with having a child, having the child taken away, the possibility that the child is dead mm-hmm. or alive, and like all of these other things, plus life in the city, you know, like having to navigate life in the city as a woman. Mm-hmm. Maybe circumstances have made Chalo the way he is. Look at the way he expresses his frustration or anger. Max is very calculated. He unleashes his anger at certain times. Mm-hmm. Like, there's method to it. Chalo, it's more like in the moment, very impulsive. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's been in situations where he has to, like, you know, hold himself back. Mm. Aha, uh-huh, so we are at... And then Akisa comes home. You know, we're talking about how the water that they serve him is in a metallic cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, metallic cup water is yum yum. From the pot. Yes, the clay pot. Ooh, yes. After a good hot day. Yeah. And then you go back inside the house. What's that in cement? 
a yeah. cementy. Yeah, the cement floor. Yeah, the floor is like yeah, a cement. The one cement-y. which is old and super shiny. Yeah, ooh. And then you lie on it after a hot day, then you drink a cold cup of water in a metallic cup. Yeah. Mm, from the pot. Mhm. I don't drink rain water like Max. <laughs> anyway, Akisa, she comes at the house and she finds Max there having a chat with the mom and I think you think she's shocked? Funny, she doesn't look that surprised. Yeah, she doesn't. She's just like, "What? Let me talk to you outside." But you know what? I feel like she was distracted by the fact that there are these guys who are out to get her mom. Cuz even when she reached the police station, it's like you could see she's she's just like, "What the hell? What are they doing here?" Yeah. And she's also probably thinking, I can't keep doing this. I have a life and a business to run in the exactly. city. Exactly. So then Max goes back to Nairobi. But before he goes, mm-hmm. they have a chat. Oh shoot, yeah, the one on the porch. Yeah. Basically, Akisa says, you know, I want my mom to have a comfortable life. So I'll do whatever is possible, whatever is in my means to make sure she gets that. And she was saying that he, she wants to sell the land. Yeah. So she suggests selling the land. And then Max says, sell it to me. Mm-hmm. So that we can then sell it at a higher price to Vivian. I don't know. Yeah, he's trying to pull on Eric as well. Ever since they told him, look, that's the land of some guy who died last week. He's our brother. In his head, gears have been running. How can I benefit from this situation? Mm. And remember, Survival mode. He doesn't have money. Ekorok no. doesn't have money. No. And remember, he's trying to prove himself to Vivian yet again. But he also, yeah, because he promised that he will get the land for her. Like, mm-hmm. he'll do whatever it takes. But th- that's the thing. I mean, yeah, they're in a good relationship. You can see that Akisa, she keeps saying, you're the only one good thing. Akisa or Vivian? No, Akisa too. Because remember when she, when she was in, in, in Silanga and then she's like, ah, oh, it's good somebody remembers me on the phone. Yeah. And like, so it's, it's obvious that Max means a lot to her. But I don't know about this deal because a part of me feels like it's going to be messy it later is. on. Max is trying to impress Vivian, but also he's getting this land and Akisa trusts him. Does Akisa know where this land is going to? That's the thing. I don't think she even knows. Shoot, does she know that it's going to the mine? That's going to become an issue of conflict for them in the future. I just, I can yeah. see it. I don't know if I can. It's going to be very messy, especially among the three of them, Max, mm-hmm. Viv, and Akisa. And knowing that the father's buried on the land. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Max is back in Nairobi, right? Mm-hmm. And he's reporting to Vivian. And he was like, I wanted to buy roses for you, but my card was declined. Isn't he exhausted though? I don't know. That's why I feel like he does a lot. And he's trying to be like, look, Vivian, I can't keep doing this without having an official position. Oh, yeah, there's nothing in it for him. He doesn't own part of Eco Rock. If they can just cut him off. And they can easily do so. Without even notice. Remember the part where she said, get out of my house? Shoot. Aline Nyumba? No. Does he even have a house? Oh, dear Lord, Max. Every time I see him at Akisa's or penthouse of Vivian, I see now what is motivating him. He literally has nothing. That land thing of Akisa, that's going to become an issue. That's the thing. Because then he has, what is this thing called? Conflict of interest? Yeah, for sure. He will use that to get whatever he wants from Vivian. And I don't know, maybe in the process... Akisa might be affected. And then he'll be torn like, who should I... But then see, that's where it will become... You know, I'm, I'm predicting. That's where you'll see the biggest difference between Charlo and Max. Max, because he is used to being in a survival mode, mm. he will throw Akisa under the bus because he has nothing to his name. Like nothing. Mm. In order to be in Vivian's good books. In order to get the money, mm-hmm. he will throw Akisa under the bus if Akisa learns and she wants to pull out later on. Chalo, on the other hand, it would be an easy decision for Chalo to make. He always thinks community. It's pretty clear for him what he needs to do. But Max will throw the people he cares about under the bus because the goal for him is to survive. Damn. Chalo's goal is we all need to survive. Yeah, community oriented. That's why the man is hot. I've been telling you. Okay, ma'am. I'm not going to disagree. So, remember the scene where Akisa and her mom at night. Listen, Esther pisses me off. And then she's like, when you find a good man, settle down, get married and have kids. Why do parents do this? Why? Ten years you've not seen me. 
Like, how did she skip the whole conversation of whatever happened? I like the answer that Akisa gave her because she said, I don't think I would know how to be a good mom. Esther deserved that. She did not even ask, how is your life in Nairobi? Like, how are you actually living? How are you thriving? Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. How did you manage all those years? Like, that's what I would actually like to know. Anyway, we move on. So... We're the part where Anna this, Anna makes decisions. Oh dear Lord. But you know what? It works. It, it really did. does. That means whatever Zipporah is gonna tell her, she's gonna believe because that one piece of advice she gave her actually worked. Which is so bad. Like you know how I said Chalo will he won't throw you under the bus. Let's say Akisa is the one having the kid mm-hmm. with Max. I think he would choose himself over Akisa and the decision she makes. Max. Yeah. Okay, no, I'm I'm starting to think for Max, but this is <laughs> this is what I think would happen. It's going to bite her in the ass. It later it on. will. I just don't see an instance where it does not. Either she gets to work real quick, makes that pregnancy happen, or she tells him, "Look, something happened, and the baby's not there." That's wicked. Still, choose the lesser evil. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be grieving for something that never was. Don't you all grieve for what? What the hell? Where's your mind? Something that never was. Me and Chalo. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, save me from this girl. <laughs> you know what? Mm-hmm. Chalo was going to propose anyway. Yeah. So why the hell did, did Anna was have to... He though? Uh, Would he have if she did not what? tell him that you know, piece of information? Yeah. I think he was hesitating because of Akisa. Which makes me believe that whatever Anna did, like the decision to say, look, I'm pregnant, kind of pushed Chalo because he realized, oh, shoot, I have this girl... It was more of a, a spur of the, the moment. Because he's like, I need to show her that I'm committed. Okay. Let me propose to her. Okay. I don't think his heart is with Anna. His heart is somewhere. It's just not with Anna. Ever since Akisa came into town, his heart has not been with Anna. Yeah, it's Oh, wondering. damn, they were so cute, though. Yeah, they're cute. Oh, damn, Anna. Why? Anna! How the hell will Anna explain what How she did? How will she did? get out of this? That's the thing. And I feel like Chalo is that you break my heart once, that's it. Mm-hmm. Anna's whatever it is, I'm going to have a child mm-hmm. so I can keep him. Mm-hmm. Now, what will happen when she learns Akisa has a child with Chalo? What can she do to one-up that? Yeah, this is so messy. Because now this is how people use like, it's you know. It's like, of all things, why a child also <laughs> you? Why also you, you have a child also you? What am I saying? She really played into the stereotype of trapper man. With a child. And it worked. Ah, shit. But is it going to work because Akisa has a child too? Two. Then she'll have twins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the thing in Uganda. Like, Zenina Balongo. Some no. women one-up each other like that. No, all they'll say, you, you have daughters. Me, I have a son. Because I've given him a son. Yeah, bullshit nonsense. Oh, shit. Akisa has a son. <laughs> <laughs> what is Anna going to do? This is so messy. This is the end of this episode. And please leave your comments. Let us know what you think. What pissed you off. Yeah. Next episode, which will be the sixth and the last episode in this series. We have two special guests. And we will all just geek out and discuss the show. We're going to have some insider information. information. So if you want to know if our theories are right, tune in. Thank you again, Oprah, for joining us. We enjoyed having you on today's episode. And that is all. You've been listening to the Two African Girls Review Podcast, where we review black and brown films, TV, and more. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. Leave a comment on this episode and let us know what you'd like us to review next. Send us an email at twoafricangirlsreview at gmail.com. Until next time. <laughs>